1: Every team has now played an NBA basketball game, and we are going to react to the games that happened on Thursday night, talk about the fantasy repercussions, and also answer a few of your questions. Let's go! Six. Jordan, open! Chicago with the lead!
0: Not a, not a game, not a game, we talking about practice. with no record for human life. I'm going
1: G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today, we are breaking down the two games that was over on the NBA on a Thursday night. Uh, the final two teams, Milwaukee and Philadelphia, have played their first NBA season game. So all teams have now played. So we've got a data point for at least one game on every single team. And two data points for the Phoenix Suns, who lost to the Lakers today. So we're going to go in and talk about their uh, games today, go through the box scores, discuss some relevant things and a few players that maybe are, you know, on shaky ground, some players that maybe uh, you might want to look at in certain situations. And at the end of the podcast today, we're also going to be asking your questions and talking about some more broader topics and strategies for this time in the fantasy season. But we will start by going through the um, box scores for today's game. So let's get stuck into it. First game over here for the Philadelphia 76ers who just lost to the Milwaukee Bucks by one point. The uh the first thing here that we're going to talk about is the minute distribution between Joel Embiid and his backup, Paul Reed. And I do say backup because he was just that. He was the backup for Joel Embiid. He did not play any minutes alongside Joel Embiid. He didn't play minute, any minutes at the four at all. And this is extremely disappointing for Paul Reed and all the talk that Nick Nurse had in the preseason on the Patrick Beverly podcast. Talk about him being a Pascal Siakam type player. We're going to see him play a lot of minutes next to Joel Embiid. He's going to play a lot more than he's ever done before. And he comes and he plays 12 minutes. Um, That sucks. That's not good. So, in terms of him being someone that you can drop if it's for a, for a priority ad, then yes, you can go ahead and drop Paul Reed and make that ad. But if you are in a 16-team league or if you don't have any of those priority guys on your waiver wire... Uh, and you're just dropping him for the sake of adding someone who maybe won't play tomorrow remember the 76ers have two more games this week so he almost can be considered a bit of a stream at this point because um, you know they have the the three quality games this week as well so on the weekend back to back um you know who knows i think In most situations, it is fine to drop him, but if you're just dropping him for someone trash or to stream or anything like that, I personally think you wait for the weekend's games to at least get a little bit of a view on, you know, if this was just a once-off thing, if it's going to be something that happens continuing moving forward, what's the go with James Harden and that whole thing. Um, But in all likelihood, he will be someone that you can move on from. And if there is someone who you think is... You know, going to benefit your team a lot and a priority as some of the guys we talked about on yesterday's podcast, then yes, he is someone you can drop. But again, make sure it is worthwhile. It especially, and again, I'm going to talk about this a bit, little bit later, but a lot of the times on my podcast, I'll be talking about general values. And it is dangerous to do that on a podcast. It's very difficult for me, however, to talk about every single league and um, things like that. But a lot of the times, if you don't hear me specify, I'm talking about nine category head to head leagues. So keep that in mind. So when I speak about these things, just remember about your own league and what your league values and what your league does. In a, for example, in a points league, Paul Reed is definitely not worth stashing in a points league because even if he does get minutes, he's not a super highly valuable player in a points league because his value is tied up in being efficient, getting defensive stats and steals and blocks. He will rebound decently as well. And he if he got stars level minutes, he'd be solid, but in a category league, he'd be amazing. So the upside that you're hoping for in a category league is much, much higher. So in a points league... He's not someone that you know you should really be considering uh, holding any further from this game at all. In a category league, it is a little bit different, in my opinion. So remember that when we talk about a lot of these players, I'll try my best to specify if there's a large difference between a player's value in different formats moving forward as well. But again, if, you, if I forget to do something, usually generally I'm talking a default in a nine-category head-to-head standard league because that is where the majority of people play. Um. So, yes, I think, again, if there's something trash on your waiver, there's nothing really great, I'd hold him, play out the, the weekend, get those two quality games in, and then if nothing happens, you can drop him for next week. But it's not looking good. Um, Joel B played his 36 minutes. He was fine. Terrible from the free throw line. Three of eight from the free throw line. And, again, when you're a player, that he was a positive in that category, but he was only just over sort of like the 81 82%. He will have nights like this, Um, not to worry too much. But, yeah, that is the, again, pointing out, and I know Josh Lloyd's big on this this season, uh, the randomness of stats and the fluctuations in game-to-game variance can happen. He'll be better than 3 of 8 from the free-throw line, but that does definitely hurt. But 24.7 rebounds, 6 assists, and a block is all pretty solid. Brutal field goal percentage as well. So... Three threes, it's it's not really what you're hoping for with a second overall pick, but again, it's Joel Embiid, you're not going to do anything, don't panic. Um, Tobias Harris, you know, he did, he did be proud. <laughs> 20 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, no steals, no blocks, uh, 8 of 9 field goal attempts. That's not going to continue, so if he's maybe more 5 of 9, maybe that makes it 14 points, um, you know, 3 or 3 from the line, maybe it's 13, 7, and 2 with no defensive stats. That's the Twice Harris experience. So, again, not realistic to expect him to literally only miss one shot a game. The other thing that we need to talk about here is DeAnthony Melton. Now, he had 10 points, four assists, two rebounds, two steals, two threes. He did kind of hit a last minute three point shot, bricked it off the, the backboard, and it went in. So,. It is a little bit misleading um, if you consider that he probably should have ended the day, the day with 7 points, 2 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and 1-3. Then um, it, it does look a little bit worse than that. I still think that he is someone you hold and you wait to see how things shape out someone like a Kelly Oubre uh, Jr hit 9 of 11 shots so amazing from the field 5 of 6 from 3 4 of 4 from the free throw line 27 points and that made him or that led him to him uh, playing 32 minutes i don't think that we're going to see that from Kelly Oubre very often he will have games like this but that kind of forced anthony melton to play a little bit less now the concerning thing here is that This was without a James Harden who I still have my doubts will play for this team or play any meaningful basketball for this team. But on the off chance he does or if he's traded and something else comes back, the fact that Melton only had 25 minutes in this situation is a little bit concerning because you would have thought he'd get a big minutes load at 30 plus and really get cooking. But he didn't in this game. I still think that it's not someone I would drop and if someone else dropped him that way that was picking up a hot waiver wire, I would actually add him again off the waiver of wire um, as someone who I still think has a lot of potential. Um, just like last season when he got off to a slow start, Um, He is someone that, again, can get cooking at any moment and I believe still has a lot of value. And in 25 minutes, he can still be someone useful, especially in category leagues uh, as a 12-team guy. So don't panic on D'Anthony Melton. In my opinion, I would not be dropping him just yet. Tyrese Maxey got cooking, man. 31 points, 4 rebounds, 8 assists, and 2 steals. Uh, 10 of 22 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3-point line, and 8 of 10 from the free-throw line. Tyrese, he could be set for a huge season this year. And um, again, I am on the camp that I don't think James Harden plays much basketball for this team at all. So he is someone that I was in on this season after being out last year and this looks really good. The eight assists is the big thing here, because when James Harden was there, he was not touching this level of assist uh, most nights, so he is definitely someone that those numbers can definitely start to come up if uh, Harden is not there. The two steals don't rely on that, but everything else is very repeatable. 40 minutes is obviously pushing it a little bit. Um, he probably won't play that much, but it's Nick Nurse. He's he's a psycho, so maybe he will. Uh, who knows? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. And PJ Tucker scored zero points on 0-2 shooting, but did have seven rebounds and two steals doing, you know, whatever he does in 26 minutes. Obviously, you don't have to worry about him. I was excited to see Jaden Springer play in the first half, and then he played five minutes and didn't come back onto the game. He did have two blocks, and I, in my opinion, he's a great defender. Dynasty League guys, um, I don't think you should be discouraged by this. I think. At some point this season, Jaden Springer plays over Patrick Beverly. Um, so, shout out to Dynasty players or deep Dynasty leagues. Jaden Springer is definitely a player that, if he's on your waiver wire, I would definitely scoop him up. I'm a really big fan of his. I had him in a lottery uh, in his draft year three seasons ago. It's taken longer than I thought, but he's still extremely young and a great defender. Um, so, I'm glad to see he got meaningful minutes, even though it was just five minutes in the first half in a game like this. Like I said, Kelly Oubre uh, shot the piss out of the ball. I don't think he's someone we need to worry about in category leagues as a priority add. You can add him and stream him in. Remember the Philadelphia 76ers have a double double, or sorry, a back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday this week, so you can definitely use him on those lower volume days. So if you are ga- grabbing him as a points or threes stream, I think that's totally fine, but if you're grabbing him, expecting him to do this on a semi-regular basis, I think you'll be disappointed. Uh, in a points league, he's a little bit better because you don't have to worry about the percentages and lack of steals and blocks and things like that he's not going to get you rebounds or assists or do anything except, f- except for get up shots and even when he did he only shot 11 uh, field goal attempts for this game so if that again is you know 5 of 11 and instead of Five or six from three, it's two of six from three. You're looking at something that's sort of like, you know, 15 or 16 points, 15, four with no assist, one uh, steal, two threes. It's just not that valuable in category leagues. It's fine in like a 14, 16 team kind of back end player. In a 12 team league, I don't think we need to rush to add him uh, outside of streaming his uh, points there. Nothing really else to discuss in that. Uh, for that team, for the Philadelphia 76ers, over to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo looks like he, and I joked on Twitter, looks like he's going to be ranked outside of the top 100 again this season by going three of nine from the free throw line and turning the ball over seven times. Obviously, I'm joking when I say that, or maybe it isn't obvious, but you, uh, if, <laughs> if you haven't followed me for longer than a week, and I know there are a lot of people listening to the podcast that maybe didn't catch a lot of my earlier preseason content, um, but... Welcome to the show, by the way. Um, It's great to have you on there. And it's great to see a lot of people jumping in, maybe if you're new to fantasy basketball and things like that. But remember, fantasy basketball rankings, the rankings you see on ESPN, the rankings you see on Yahoo or whatever it is, Basketball Monster, nine category rankings are not the be-all and end-all. In fact, they're probably a bit of a joke. What I think we all need to get comfortable and use a lot more of are minus one rankings. And... I don't know if I'll go into it too deeply right now, but remember, minus one rankings removes the player's worst category. And the way that I formulate it, it it reduces the value of turnovers by 75%. So it's only a 25% weighting compared to the other, you know, their other best eight or best seven categories. So to me, that is a better way to value him. In that kind of a situation, he was nearly a first round, second, early second round player. Um, and the reason is because he gets, you know, 13 rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks, 23 points. Those are all great things. The 10 of 22 from the field is not what you would like out of Giannis. It's not terrible, but, you know, you'd rather him be sort of a mid high 50s percent shooter from the field. And I think he will. He took too many jump shots, in my opinion. Uh, missed all three of his threes. Um, but he'll get there. He probably wasn't his best game. As obviously, either with the seven turnovers and the minus thirteen plus minus would suggest, but he's Jarnes yeah, and He'll be fine. Uh, Brook Lopez, are we worried? Um, seven field goal attempts, hit five of them, so really efficient for thirteen points, two rebounds, and nothing else. Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> we're worried. Um, now you don't drop Brook Lopez uh, because he could just as easily come out and have you know ten points, six rebounds, and four blocks the next game. But this is exactly why I was not drafting him in the 50s and 60s, despite him having a top 30 in nine category rankings uh, season last year because you've added Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton. Even in a game where Chris Middleton had 16 minutes and only put up five shot attempts, Brook Lopez only managed the seven. So when you've got a team with Damian Lillard and Giannis, they're not going to sacrifice their shots. It's the other guys that are going to have to make way, and Brook Lopez is that. And in a game where he doesn't give you any block shots... And he doesn't shoot it this efficiently. He really is not going to give you very much. Now, he will give you block shots more often than not. But remember, it's a new coach as well. So, the defensive system might be a little bit different as well. Um, So, again, just uh, hopefully, again, a lot of you were listening during the preseason. Maybe some of you joined a bit later. But I was not very high on Brook Lopez. I think I have him more in the 80s preseason. And... I don't think that I am willing to change that opinion just yet. Um, Chris Middleton played the 16 minutes. He obviously has a minutes restriction ramping back up from his injury. Uh, Looked fine in that time. Um, You know, six points, four assists, two steals, three rebounds, hit a three. Uh, So, yeah, be patient. Be patient. He is someone that will be ramping up. Hopefully, it's quicker than slower. But again, maybe it's a buy low if someone wasn't aware of this and they drafted him without knowing that. But remember, he is on that minutes restriction that will be ramping up uh, gradually over the start of the season. Dame was amazing. 17 of 17 from the free throw line for 39 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. No defensive stats, hit 4 threes, and yeah, I think we're all still pretty happy with Damian Lillard if we drafted him in the first round. Um, the four assists is something to maybe monitor. Um, no one on this team had more than four assists. I mean, Chris Middleton had four in his limited minutes, which tied Dame for the most. So a lot of iso ball, a lot of um, you know pick and rolls or driving and you know getting fouled and things like that. So that could be something that we, we watch, obviously, going to a team where he doesn't have the ball in his hands as much as Portland, like uh, you know playing next to a Giannis and a Middleton. That is something that I projected to drop. Um, we'll see how much it drops by, but obviously an amazing game and, and, and you will be very happy with that. The other players on this team, I really don't think we need to worry about at all. So I don't think you need to be owning uh, Malik Beasley outside of like 16 team leagues as a three-point streamer. 31 minutes, had four shot attempts, five points, three rebounds, two assists. Uh, three assists, two steals. He's not going to get steals very often. Uh, and Bobby Portis, 19 um, minutes, five of eight from the field. This is about as good as it's going to get for Bobby Portis. Um, in 19 minutes, this is... If if this is satisfying to you and this floats your boat and this is what you want out of him, then great. This is what I expect him to kind of do moving forward. I don't think it's going to get any better than this. Um, and yeah, especially, you know, Chris Middleton's minutes are going to ramp up. The shots are going to go more to him. So... This is ceiling for Bobby Portis, and I don't think he's someone that needs to be on uh, 12-team teams. (laughs) That sounds really funny. Um, So, yes, those are all the thoughts. Again, no one else on this team, I think, is worth rostering in standard leagues. Let's go to the other game which was the Phoenix Suns going down to the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll start with the Phoenix Suns here, who were obviously without Devin Booker and without Bradley Beal. Frustrating. I know I've got Bradley Beal in the industry pickup league, and I'm annoyed because there's two games that I've missed out on him, and Josh has got the lead right now, and I'm trying to come back and assist, and... Bloody hell. It's not happening. Uh, but Kevin Durant went So after having a poor game in game one. 39 points on 50% shooting. Only hit 1-3, one, 1-5 one from the line, uh, from the three-point line, and 10-13 of 13 from the free-throw line. So... Not normally his stellar 90%, but again, it's not too hurtful. 11 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and a block. It was a really bloody good block too. So that's a good bounce-back performance for Durant. Nurkic was in foul trouble a bit this game. Um, 4 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 steals is good. 1 of 5 from the field, and 0 from 2 from 3 is not but um, 28 minutes, it's it's okay. He's not going to shoot one or five from the field. So, again, if that's three of five, um, you know, eight points, nine rebounds, three assists, three steals, it's solid. I, I don't think we need to panic on Nurkic at all. I think he will be just fine. Eric Gordon had 15 points, um, got the second most amount of shots in this team behind Durant. Uh, he is literally only a streamer when those other guys are out for points and threes. Not a whole lot else to talk about on this team, to be honest. Um, Jordan Goodwin had 30 minutes, um, was okay, maybe a little underwhelming. 14 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. I thought he'd be a good streamer option with both Beal and Booker out. And he was solid-ish. 2 steals is useful. 14 points is useful. Uh, hurt you in both field percentage and free throw percentage, which is going to be an issue for him. But he's a guy that can get assists and steals. Didn't see the assists really here that you would have liked. Um, but whenever those guys are out, and they are both probably questionable in the next couple of games as well, uh, Goodwin is someone that you can look at to stream for those categories. But really, not a whole lot else. Akogi uh, again, uh, solid 10 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, a block. He's really backhand and more of a streaming kind of guy for defensive stats only. The Lakers, how about LeBron James's 30-minute uh, restriction? Well, that was a lot of shit, wasn't it? Um, lasted one game, and he went, nah, stuff this. I want to win." And he played thirty-five minutes and put up a great stat line: uh, twenty-one points, eight rebounds, nine assists, two steals, two blocks, fifty percent from the field, hit a three. Uh, you know, not the best from the free throw line—six of eight—but you know, won't kill you. Five turnovers, whatever. That's LeBron. Um, I hope we didn't. I know everyone panicked and you know lost their shit when they that quote came out that he was going to play closer to thirty minutes. I did change his projections from, I think I had him at 34 minutes per game down to 32 minutes per game. Um, And the thing that I just dislike about this is that they talk about restrictions or minutes caps, and that's fine. Don't call it that when it's not that. A minutes restriction is what Chris Middleton did. You know, could they have used Chris Middleton more in that game? Well, hell yeah, he's a good player, but... You're doing it for the sake of preserving his body. If you're picking and choosing times when you're doing that, then it's not a restriction. It's just you deciding what minutes you're playing. like, And that's just what every game is. Otherwise, we would all play 48 minutes a night if there was no restriction or it wasn't smart or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, it just annoys me the way that, I don't know, coaches talk. Rubbish and it just, yeah, just frustrates me. Anyway, um, hopefully this leaves a lot of people who were worried that he's going to be playing 30 or fewer minutes every single night. I still think that he will, you know, some games where they're not close or it's, you know, they're smashing other teams, he will lower his minutes. He played all 12 minutes in the final quarter. So if that was a regular game, it probably maybe was closer to 30. But in saying that, he he's still obviously got his uh, game going. But I still think he's probably more of a guy we value around the 40s rather than anything higher than that. Um, Points leagues, obviously better than that. Maybe more of a second round player. D'Angelo Russell, um, he did not finish the game at the end of the game. They went with. Um, Gabe Vincent, who played 35 minutes compared to Russell's 33. Obviously, both playing decent minutes, but it was interesting to see that um, they did close with Gabe Vincent over D'Angelo Russell. Russell had 14 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 steals, a block, shot poorly from the field. We're going to expect that from Um, D'Angelo Russell, three turnovers as well. He's solid-ish. He is definitely still worth holding on, but again, monitor that. And also monitor that for Gabe Vincent because he has some appeal, in my opinion, definitely in 14-team leagues. Maybe if he really suits what you're doing in a 12-team, if, for example, you're a punt, field goal percentage... Um, you know, team, and you're looking for some assists, steals, and threes. He can do that. He went 0 of five from the three-point line today. But again, if he hits two of those, then you're looking at a 13.6 assists, three steals game, and that's really bloody useful. Um, and 35 minutes, he is a player that can get hot and give you some. Decent nights from time to time. So very interesting to see him in those high minutes. Definitely something to watch moving forward. Despite not necessarily being an eye-catching game, I think that is something to note. Christian Wood played more minutes, 21 of them, in fact, with Hachimura playing 12. He did play a few more minutes next to Anthony Davis. Uh, 7 points, 10 rebounds, and an assist. He shot poorly, didn't give you any defensive stats as well. So it's not something that we are rushing to add on the waiver wire. But again, another sort of... You know, rotation thing of note in this game um, with the rest of the roster not doing too much from the bench. Reddish only uh, 12. Jackson Hayes only played six minutes this game. Hachimura, we said, only played 12 minutes. Let's talk about Austin Reeves. Um, I was not very high on Austin Austin Reeves. I think I had him more around the 100 rank mark. I know some people were valuing him higher. This is like top 80. I think that he can be there when Anthony Davis and LeBron are out, but when they're both healthy, he's probably someone who's maybe outside the top 100 on a night-to-night basis. Now, I don't think in category leagues you drop him, but again, if you were drafting him, expecting him to every night be sort of a top 90, top 80 player, I think you will be disappointed on nights where both AD and LeBron are healthy because... We obviously saw him go off at the end of last season and his free throw attempt rate was really high. His usage was really high. The assist came up. And obviously, none of that has been here in today's game. Um, you know, 10 points, 1 assist, 1 steal, 2 rebounds. He was efficient from the field. 4 of 7, hit a 3, missed one of his 2 free throws. Um, that's always been his thing in terms of efficiency. He is a good shooter and, and smart. Um, but... He needs those volume. uh, He needs the volume in attempts, in usage, in free throw attempts, and in assists. Because again, he had the steal here. I think he had two steals last game, but that is not the norm for um, uh, for Austin Reeves. He's not a good defensive stats guy, Uh, and he's not a high volume three point shooter as well. So, a little bit discouraging to see him again. Twenty eight minutes and the usage just down for him sort of supports where I had him ranked. Anthony Davis had a great game. 30 points, 12 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. Efficient, great. Hit 9 or 10 free throws. Amazing. Uh, take that while you can. And, uh, yeah, looked really, really dominant in 39 minutes. So, yeah, really good game for Anthony Davis. All right. So, the next thing I want to talk about on today's show is just, again, recapping the last few days and talking about... Just general strategy when it comes to fantasy basketball at this time of the year. Now, didn't do this last show because we went for an hour and a half and it was a huge show. We had 12 games to go through. But the thing I want to stress, and I've talked about this on Twitter, but the thing I want to stress is when you are adding a player, make sure that the player you are dropping is not someone who has high upside. Remember exactly what your team is constructed. So for category leagues, remember what your team is strong in what your team is weak in are you punting anything are you um, you know are you a balanced team it is just adding someone who's low scoring mean that you're going to be very bad in scoring and that's not what you want to do. Always remember what your team makeup is. And hopefully, again, for those of you who are listening to me during the pod during the preseason, you have a very good understanding of what your team's makeup is and what your strengths and weaknesses are. That is a very big important part of category league strategy, in my opinion. For points leagues, it's a little bit less, it's it's much more simple. Is a guy gonna average more fantasy points? Is he not? Grab the guy that you think is gonna average more fantasy points. And if you want to my thoughts on it, if you are a Platinum member, you can go over and still keep checking ballboysnba.com, and I'm going to be continuing to update the projections um, this season, which has my ESPN points scoring projections, my Yahoo points scoring projections, 9cat, a cat and minus 1 ranking value. When you ask me questions, and I'm going to go through some questions in a second, when you ask me questions on Twitter or on YouTube comments, please always specify what League are you in? Are you in a category league? Are you in a ESPN points league? Are you in a Yahoo points league? Is your, are you in a 10, 8, 12, 14, 16 team league? Um, ask me or tell me, are you punting a certain thing? What is the value of the player that you're adding going to bring to your team? Because if I am punting field goal percentage and blocks, then Derek Lively is not going to be as valuable to my team as he is to other teams. Whereas if I've got a choice and I'm punting field goal percentage and blocks and I've got Kobe White sitting on my waiver wire and I've got Derek Lively sitting on my waiver wire, now I might tweet out a generic topic saying, or a generic phrase saying, uh, Derek Lively is the most important player to grab on the fantasy basketball waiver wire. And I stand by that. I think he's going to be the best and most consistent. But if you're punting his two biggest strengths, then Kobe White is a much more valuable player to your team. And I think that that is very, very important to remember when you're consuming fantasy basketball content on Twitter, on other podcasts, other videos. Always keep that in mind, that there are many different formats, many different nuances, especially in category leagues, that the general advice that people are giving is just that and it might be different to your team and what i try and what i hope to do in this podcast is to teach you guys and to explain the rationale as to why i'm doing moves why these are things that we should be adding while what strengths are these players going to bring to my team so that you guys again and ask questions as much as you want especially if you're new and and it's it's all about learning and that sort of a thing but um make those decisions and and get that process correct so that, again, you know, they'll teach a man to fish, you know, feed him for life kind of thing. Like, I want to teach you guys how to fish. Um, So keep all that in mind as well when you are making those decisions. And uh, again, because a lot of the questions I've gotten and far out there have been some wild questions so far. um, Not to sort of, again, a lot of you, again, I know maybe new at fantasy basketball or have a league of people who maybe aren't as plugged in, but the fact that I've had to tell people to not drop Jalen Duran or go and add Jalen Duran off the waiver wire, the fact that he wasn't drafted in some leagues is crazy to me. Um, and again, if you haven't been plugged in or tuning into any of my content in the preseason, maybe it is worthwhile going back. And even though you might've already had your draft, go back and listen to some of those podcasts because you'll know how highly I value players like Zach Collins and Jalen Durin and the fact that they should not be on your waiver wire at all. Um, yeah, just go in and watch those ones. If again, you are late to the party and just only tuning in recently. So let's go through some of these questions. I'm not going to get through to all of them, but some of the ones that I think are worthwhile or maybe apply to a few others, uh, out there. Um, okay, let's talk about this one here. Um, so this person here doesn't really have anyone to drop, but he wants to grab Onyek Akongu as someone who dropped him for lively. I think Sohan could be more valuable though, since I'm pushing, I'm um, punting points and needed more well round stats. So if you're punting points, Onyek Akongu is a must grab. Now, again, this is a very specific thing, and I probably failed this yesterday. Onyeko Kongu is definitely someone that I'm holding in a category league. In a points league, his upside is far less it's far less tantalizing. So if you're in a points league and you have someone like um, Kobe White or Jalen Johnson or one of those players on the waiver wire, feel free to drop Onyeko Kongu. I don't think the upside is worth the pain and the weight of him being a backup center that it is in a category league. Because in a category league, his field goal percentage, his blocks, his efficiency is going to be extremely valuable to you, where it's not going to be that in a points scoring league. He's not going to be a high points scoring player. That is just not the type of player he is. But what he will do will suit certain builds in a category league. So in this situation, Kevin, I'm talking to you, um, Onyeka Kongu is a must-add player in your build. If you're punting points, Onyeka Kongu is the perfect punt points player because he is so efficient from the field and the free throw line. He gets high blocks. He can give you some assists. If he's going to start hitting threes like he was in the preseason, remember he was in foul trouble in that first game and still played 19 minutes. He was a top 75 player in nine category. And again, I'm talking nine cap, but again, if you're punting points, it's one of his worst categories. So he's actually going to be probably higher in that situation. Um, in 23 minutes a night last year. So he wasn't far off that 23 minutes. He will be better than this. Um, In terms of Sohan, if we are valuing him, and again, this is where we need to remember what are our strengths and what are our weaknesses because Sohan is going to be good in some areas. He's going to hurt you in other areas. He is going to turn the ball over a lot. He will have poor free throw and field goal percentage in my opinion. He will get some rebounds and some assists and some steals, um, maybe some blocks. He's don't think he's going to be a high scorer or anything like that. So again, if you can use that, if that is valuable to you, if you can withstand the hits, your percentages, or your punting one or both of them, then fine. He is great, and I do think he needs to be on a, uh, on a roster, but I don't think it has to be yours, if that makes sense. Um, in terms of my projections, Jeremy Sohan projects to be, he's number 122 in a minus one ranking system, 115 in a nine category ranking system versus Onyek Okongu, who is, again, I haven't changed his projections. He's uh, 90th in my minus one rankings and 72nd in nine cat. 98th in 8-cat. So, he does get a little bit of a boost because of low turnovers. Um, so, to me, I'm taking Anika Kongu every day of the week over a Jeremy Sohan in that situation. But again, that's for Kevin, who's punting points. If you're a team that's punting blocks or punting field goal percentage, then Sohan's probably more valuable to your team. So, again, remember, everything in um, category leagues especially is very team-specific uh, in terms of when we're talking about priorities. Um, I hope that makes a lot of sense. All right, let's go to the next question I've just lost where I'm asking these questions from. I saw a good one here. Uh, Okay, there was someone who asked about fab budget that I wanted to answer. Where was that question? Oh... Oh, I've lost it here. Okay. Uh, let's go to another one here. Who is a better long-term hold in 12 team 9 cat? like uh, again, I'm gonna harp on about this. What does it mean for your team? Again, if I refer to my projections, they're quite close. And and like fantasy rankings, especially the back end of your all-star, it's isn't stuff all between them. But in my projections, I have um, Where is... I'll find him. Jeremy Sohan, again, like I said, ranked 122nd in minus one, 115 in uh, nine category leagues. I've got Derek Lively at 116 in minus one, 113 in nine categories. So they're they're bloody five ranks apart. There's nothing between them. But it's what are they going to give you. I've got Derek Lively to give you maybe 10.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, and 1.5 blocks on 62% shooting. He's not going to give you any threes. He's not going to give you any assists. I don't think he's going to score a whole lot. And his free throw percentage, if he goes to the line a bit, uh, will be poor. So, again... Remember his strengths and weaknesses. Someone like a Jeremy Sohan, again, I've got him ranked slightly later, but he's going to average more assists. He's going to average more steals. And I think he's probably going to score more and hit more threes. He's not going to have as many uh, rebounds or blocks. He's going to have worse field goal percentage, but better free throw percentage. Still bad, uh, but better than Derek Lively. He might get the line a little bit more. So... Again, I can tell you that Derek Lively is ahead of him in my projections and my rankings, but it might not be ahead for your team. So again, I hope that clears up any misconception. If your team is clinging on to nine category rankings, then you try and maybe get the player who's the best nine cat player. And in my opinion, that is Derek Lively, just by two ranking spots in my projections. Um, So maybe you can flip him for something like that. But for most cases, I don't know how much value that is going to be. So when, again, if I reflect on the players that were the hot waiver-wide pickups of yesterday, Jalen Johnson, to me, is the one that has the highest minus one, nine category rankings. For example, in the 26 minutes that I have him projected for after yesterday's game, he comes out as a top 75 guy, a top 100 player in minus one, and a top 100 player in eight cat. So he is definitely someone in most scenarios, I'm saying grab him, but again, I also feel like his minutes security is lower than that of Derek Lively, in my opinion. So a little bit uncertainty, but his ceiling is clearly the highest out of all of those high uh, priority waiver wire pickups. Um, let's talk, let's do another few questions here. Um, are we dropping Lively? Uh, read to pick up Lively? Absolutely, you are. Um, those two have very similar stat sets. One player is starting or I expect to start playing 30 minutes a night. One's a backup, 12 minutes a night. I'm taking that switch every single day of the week. Uh, okay, here's a question here. Love your content. Uh, thank you very much, Play View Picks. Um, how much should I value Lively? He's on the waiver, and my league has a fab budget. Do you think he's a clear enough ad to go big with the fab money? So I'm going to answer this question by talking about fab budget strategy in general. The way I think about it, it changes depending on how deep your league is. Now, if you are in a 16-team league and you are going 200 players deep, and Derek Lively is on the waiver wire, then you splash a lot of money on Derek Lively, and you get him on your team. Go 50% of your budget if you have to, more if you need to, because the chances of someone like that showing up on your waiver wires later in the season is much, much lower than if you are in a 10-team league. If you're in a 10-team league, and if I say value Derek Lively as a top 120 player, then in a 10-team league, that's like your 12th best player. And in that situation, you're not spending much on him. You spend a little bit on him if he fits what you need and things like that, but maybe it's like 10% um, of your budget in that situation. So it is very dependent on your league size, very dependent on how reactionary the rest of your coaches are. And if they're dropping someone who's more valuable, it is very dependent on how perfectly that player fits your need. Um... I think the league size thing is the biggest thing. How much do you expect there to be someone more valuable than him later on in the season? Now, I can't answer that for every one of you. I believe, again, that Derek Lively in a minus one ranking will be a top 120 player. In certain punt builds, he'll be a top 100 guy. In, you know, if you're punting threes and, and free throw percentage or assists and threes or whatever then he will be someone who will be very valuable in that situation. And it is harder to find players who are starting centers in on the waiver wide. That is very difficult to find. Um, so I think it is in a standard 12-team league, let's say you're rostering 156 players, um, then he's probably going to be in your top 10 for the majority of the season. I think it's fair enough to go and drop maybe 25% of your budget on a player like that. Now, that is extremely general. Just please make sure that I'm, I'm doing my best to give the most accurate answer I can. But for your team, that might be a huge overspend. For other teams, it might be perfect. For other teams, it might you might desperately need to play like that. It could be a difference maker for your team. But remember those factors when we're talking about Fab and um, things like that. Other questions I've had are things like you know waiver wire priority. I, I honestly don't give a shit about using my waiver wire priority. If there's a guy out there, again, if it's especially in a deeper league or a league where do you think that a player like that's going to come along anytime soon? Burn it. Use your number one waiver wire priority. I don't factor that in too much. I think that we overvalue that uh, a lot because if you're sitting there waiting to use it and no one else comes along, then you've just missed all these other players that you could have potentially gotten and use that uh, priority uh, for in the first place. Um, there were so many other questions there. I did, obviously didn't intend to answer all of them. So again, sorry if I didn't get to your questions. I just wanted to talk about some of those more general things that I think benefit other players. Um, keep asking me questions if you want to. For those of you who are Platinum members over on BallBoysNBA.com, stay on the lookout for an article that I'm going to be dropping over the next couple of days explaining how we're going to be running the exclusive Q&A Podcast over the next or the rest of the season. I'm not going to be doing one this week because of the craziness of week one. But starting next week on um, today, so it'll be Friday my time, Thursday in the states. I will be doing that podcast uh, to help you guys out. Um, so go and read that one in the next couple of days uh, when that drops to get an idea on how we're going to do that. Where I can answer, and I will in those podcasts go through all of the questions or at least all of the ones that are similar and go through them one by one and give you guys more specific answers. And again, if you guys do have questions, remember, give me as much context as possible. What league type are you in? How many players in your league? Uh, Are you punting things? The more information you can give me, the more educated answer I can give you. Hopefully your first round matchup is going good this week, guys. And uh, I'll see you again soon. Talk more fantasy hoops. Catch us later. Bye.